You're listening to another life-transforming message from Awakened Church with campuses in San Diego and Salt Lake City. To find out more about us, go to awakenedchurch.com. But I'm always touched by, and I, I kind of led with this last service, but I'm touched by the power of God in our lives. It's so evident through the fact that we're able to come into a place like this and shift an atmosphere, right, to where you can tangibly feel the presence of God, that we are thermostats. We have the ability wherever we go, wherever we are, whatever place it is, to step into that place and bring life into that place. Through the words we speak, through what we carry in our hearts, we set the atmosphere. What, what a beautiful thing. It's what we do when we worship is that we stand and we declare the truth of our God and we fill the atmosphere with praise and the presence of God fills this place and it's tangible. And then you're just left speechless at times. Maybe not me, but, I, <laughs> but, but you are, you're left. But I have the honor of speaking around worship and um, it's hard to go past the, the story in the Bible where Jesus meets the woman at the well, right? And she asks him a question about worship. And uh, her reply, his reply to her, and I'm just going to read here from uh, John 4, 21. Jesus said to her, believe me, woman. And he said that in a nice way. Believe me, woman. A time is coming when you will worship the Father neither on this mountain nor in Jerusalem. The time's coming when you'll be able to carry the presence of the Lord as a temple of God and worship from a stage in a church, worship from the floor, worship in your home, worship in your, in your workplace, worship in your schoolyard, worship wherever you are. You people worship what you do not know, he says. We worship what we know because salvation is from the Jews. But a time is coming and is now here when the true worshippers, true worshippers, will worship the Father in spirit and truth. For the Father seeks such people to be his worshippers. To be worshippers. Worship isn't something we do. It's something we be. We be worshippers. This is just an overflow right here of the worship that I, that I um, live out in my daily life. Right? This is the singing portion. This is the, this is the place where we get to come together in, in unity and to, and to just be under the covering and to worship together and to express that. But it's an expression of what I live. If you look at me and you say, why is he jumping around and why is he doing all this? Is it a show? It's not a, it's not a show for me. It's a show to show you the goodness of my God, that he's worth jumping for, you know? He's worth raising my hands for. He's worth, you know? Being a little bit King David for, maybe not the loincloth, right? But, but to worship with all our might, with all of our strength. Jesus said that a day is coming and is now here when you will worship. My worshippers, not the people that do worship, but our worshippers will worship in spirit and in truth. There's a verse in the Bible that says that where the spirit of the Lord is, there is 
freedom. And there's another verse in the Bible that says that you shall know the truth and the truth will set you free. Who loves freedom in this place? Come on. Man, when we, when we step into worship, when we are worshipers, that, that, now, not stepping into a moment just like this, but, but, but giving our lives over to worship, when we step in and we are walking in the Spirit, led by the Spirit, and we're walking in truth, we have the revelation of the heart of the Father and who God is, there is freedom in us. Freedom. Freedom from fear. That dirty scoundrel that raised its head last year, that tried to take over this nation, and subject everybody to, to death thoughts and death words, death speech, death mentality. But in Christ Jesus, there is life. And we, the church, speak life where we go. We speak freedom. Come on. Shifting atmospheres. <laughs> but we're free from the spirit of fear. Isn't that a beautiful thing that in spirit, look at this, in spirit and in truth, there is freedom from fear. We're not subject to that. Why? Because when we are in spirit, we're connected in union. We're connected to our God. And when we have the truth, we know who our God is and we stand on those promises, regardless of situations, regardless of circumstances. And we can worship from a place of sacrifice. We can worship from a place of overflow, but there's not a single season that we can't worship because our God's promises are yes and amen. He is faithful to fulfill those, you see? How beautiful. So we're free from the fear that stops people from worshiping, from pouring themselves out. Think about this. When we, when, worship doesn't just entail singing, but it's in our giving. It's in the pouring out of ourselves. So when God calls us and he gives us a number for vision builders or for tithe, and, and we're putting that out there, we're free from the fear that might tell us, don't do it. You won't get it back. But we know we stand the truth that our God is good, just as Denise beautifully said, that we receive when we give generously. So he pours back into us. And so we stand in these truths. We know the heart of our Father and the, and the fear dissipates. And we're able to boldly give. We're able to boldly sacrifice. We're able to boldly walk out our faith in worship. So that when we come into this place, when we come into this place, what you're seeing is the overflow of that, the overflow of the freedom of the life of the finished work of Jesus Christ in me. That's what you're seeing here. It's my testimony. Every time you come into this building, whether it's a Sunday morning or coming soon, Wednesday night, you have the opportunity. Yeah, come on. We have the opportunity and don't miss the opportunity to be that living testimony of the goodness of God that you've walked out from a Monday to a Saturday or from a Monday to a Tuesday, Thursday to a Saturday, you know, Wednesday night, but to be that testimony that comes forward and don't let fear hold you back. Don't let the thoughts of man, the judgment, but just give yourself freely in worship because we're worshiping the presence of God is coming. Come on, it's your testimony. There's power in that. And there's times that you're worshiping for your breakthrough. There's times that you're worshiping. To, 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 but you know what? As we put God first, seek God first, seek first 
God, the kingdom of God is righteousness. He adds to us. What is he adding? He's adding blessing, overflow. Do you know that sometimes you worship and you don't even know it, but you're worshiping for the person to your left. You're worshiping for the person to your right. There's breakthrough happening because the presence of God fills this place. So don't miss an opportunity to worship. Don't miss an opportunity to, to live and to display the testimony of the power of God in your life. Come on, somebody. Amen. All right. Beautiful. Praise God. I'm going to have Jared come up. Awesome. Thank you very much. Hey, let's keep it going for Daniel. Um, just want to honor you for a minute, Dan. You're such an awesome uh, friend and brother and have helped me through some of the hardest times of life. We've really grown together. I love your leadership. I love your passion for this house and just thank you for all you do. Um, in that, in that same vein, I also want to honor Pastor Jurgen and Leanne, who have really intentionally cultivated such an awesome environment, such an awesome atmosphere in this house. Um, from a place, they moved from their home country, came somewhere they didn't know for this, to cultivate this. And I always say 10 years ago, I don't even think they would have let me in this building. But in this house, I've transformed because of, just because of the intentionality of our senior pastors. So I want to thank them. And I also want to thank the Hunleys because uh, I just love our campus pastors. Who loves our campus pastors? You guys have been so intentional about creating space like this for concepts and principles that are from the Bible that elevate us as people and have been so intentional about building disciples. And I'm the fruit of it. And I know plenty of others are. So thank you so much for your heart for us. Um, I want to dive into the word a little bit here, and I'm going to dig in in the Old Testament. I'm going to tell you a, a quick story from the Old Testament, how it relates to my life, and then give you some keys for what the heart of worship has meant to me. So Second uh, Chronicles chapter 5, uh, verse 13 and 14, if you put it up on the screen, but mainly just 14, I'm not going to read through all of it. But some of the context here, uh, King Solomon has just built the temple uh, for the Lord. It was, he, King Solomon was King David's son, and he built, at the time, this is the most expensive building on the face of the earth. It was built with the best materials, the most skilled laborers, or craftsmen and laborers. Everything was perfect. And when he went to dedicate it to God, we think dedicate, when somebody dedicates something to God, they lay hands on it and say a prayer. And there's like this formula you got to follow. At least maybe that's my mind. But when he dedicated it to God, he did something unique. He had the people worship in the temple. And it says in verse 14, uh, it says um, right there, that the glory of the Lord filled the house of God. And, and when you read through this uh, verse in this chapter, it said that it was, his presence was so thick. It filled the house so much that it interrupted what they were doing. And it interrupted their life. And I, what the worship for me, the heart of it is, I want God to come in and interrupt what I'm doing and shake some things up. Now, I'd love to tell you that if you keep reading in the story, the presence of God remained in that temple for all the days of the temple. But over the next 250 years, there were, there were 12 different kings that went through that temple uh, that the Bible says did not do what was pleasing in the eyes of the Lord. Some, some of the texts say some of these kings were wicked before the Lord. And the others, I think probably even worse, some of them, the Bible says, did what was pleasing in the eyes of the Lord, but left the old altars and the old things of their past ancestors in the temple. They left the old idols in there that their fathers used to worship. They left some of the junk in there. And because of that, the presence of the Lord wasn't there as, as relevant and as present, as thick as it was under Solomon. And it kept going like this, king after king and generation after generation until a guy named Hezekiah stood up and said, no more will I allow this. Hezekiah's father 
closed the temple, closed the doors of the temple, said no one will worship here, said I'm not allowing the people to come worship God, and I'm not allowing them to meet in the temple. Sounds pretty familiar, huh, to this last year. And I think Pastor Jurgen has the spirit of Hezekiah on him because Hezekiah said, I'm opening no matter what. I will open the doors of this temple so that people can come in and worship the Most High God. And Hezekiah rededicated the temple through worship because he understood. You can read about it in 2 Chronicles 29. He understood that when he, you dedicate a temple to God, he fills it. What you dedicate to God, what you bring before him, he fills. And today, you know, our temple, this house is a house of worship. But we are also a temple. In, in, uh, in Corinthians, it says that we are the temple. Our bodies are the temple of the Holy Ghost. And, you know, I'll tell you a little bit about myself. I grew up in the church, but the first time I ever really got filled with the presence of God was in worship. And I was off on the side by myself with my hands in the air, and I was just praising. And we put our hands up. If, you, if you're new to the church and you see people put hands up, it's not for show. But as Daniel kind of mentioned, it's, it's a posture of our heart of sacrifice to say, God, here's my temple. It's the best that I have to bring. The best materials in me, all of me. Here it is, Lord, fill it. And it's, it's a posture of the heart. It's not to meant to distract, but it's meant to bring worship to our king. And, you know, in that worship moment, I was filled. It was filled up with the presence of God, and I was disrupted. I couldn't stand. I fell to the ground, worshiping on my knees, just pressing in and praying to God, and it was amazing. Everything was awesome. And I'd love to tell you, from that point in my life as a young 18-year-old, Till today on this platform, that the presence of God remained in my temple. But that's not my story. There were, there were kings over my life, different areas of, of life I went through, phases in college and in other parts of life, where the, the thing leading this temple, me, led it the wrong way, brought other idols in, used the temple for things other than worshiping God. And I will tell you that throughout the years, the presence of God filled less and less in this temple. But I want to tell you that that's not where the story ends because God is faithful. And it is, I came back into the house of God after college, and there were some times, I'll, I'll be honest, I'll be a little transparent, where I came into the house, but I left the old idols in the temple. I left some of the old things in the temple, some of the stuff I didn't want to deal with. And it wasn't until a worship service where I raised my hands and said, God, I'm done. This old junk's coming out, and I'm rededicating this temple through worship that he filled it again instantly. Because God is true to his word and he'll fill the vessels that we bring before him. It's like a cup of water, right? Like if you want to stay hydrated, what do you got to do with that cup of water? You got to drink it and go fill it up and drink it and go fill it up. And we're the same as, as worshipers. God wants to fill us and he wants to fill us again and fill us again. And he just says, keep coming and rededicating your heart to me. And I want to talk a little bit in my last few minutes here about what worship is and the heart behind it for me. You see, we, we all play a narrative in our head, all of us as people. We'll, we'll think through things, through situations. And um, all, all life coaches, all the success coaches, they'll tell you, whatever the narrative that you're rehearsing is, is the most powerful thing over your future, over your life. And the reason why we worship is because that narrative is the word of God. If the worship song was written properly, which the only ones we sing from this platform are, it's the words of God in the Bible that you're rehearsing over your life. So instead of saying, oh, my life is rough right now. All these things are going bad. I can't afford. We're saying, I raise a hallelujah in the presence of my enemy. I know the enemy's there, but I'm going to raise a hallelujah anyway, and it will not fear. You have no hold on me. See, if you sit there and say, I'm scared. I'm scared that this business won't make it. 
probably won't make it. But if you say fear, you have no hold on me. And you just rehearse that. You have no hold on me. You're recognizing that fear is there. So we don't, I mean, we don't pretend that fear isn't there. But we worship through it. We worship over it. And we rehearse that narrative over and over. I want to tell you that, you know, the Lord fills you and then accelerates you. So he fills up our life through worship when we stand here at this altar with our hands in the air, with the right posture of our heart, and just say, Lord, I'm rededicating this temple to you. He's faithful, and he'll fill you up. And when you are feeling drained, when you are feeling tired, don't rehearse that line. Just put on a worship song. I really want to encourage you in your garage, in your car, put on a worship song. You don't have to wait till Sunday morning or Wednesday night to worship. We are worshipers. Put on that worship song. Um, I want to talk a little bit more about posture. You know, we, we always talk about raising our hands and kneeling. Um, whatever worship looks like for you, I want to encourage you to just grow in it a little bit. Um, there's studies that have shown that if you sit in a lecture hall with your arms crossed, you will learn much less, you'll receive much less and absorb much less than if you sit in the lecture hall with your arms open. I sat in all my classes in college like this. <laughs> Usually like this. But... Simply moving when, when we're in worship, if, if you sit in worship like this, there's nothing wrong with that. So I'm not, there's no condemnation here. I, I came in and sat in the back because I was like, if people know I'm here, they're going to wonder what's going on. They just let anybody in this church. But I did. I sat for a long time like this. And I want to encourage you, that's okay if this is where you're at. Next Sunday, maybe even today, maybe next Wednesday, just go like this. It's not a lot. Nobody's looking at you, I promise. Um, and if you're like this, just go like this. And work on just opening your heart to God and saying, God, look, I don't know, I don't know exactly how this looks. Because none of us do. If anybody tells you they got the right formula, nobody, none of us do, but God does. And he sees your heart. So just posture yourself a little bit more open to your, to your Heavenly Father and let him sing to you. And really, if you want to know what it looks like, my heart as a dad, just look at the little kids that come up and worship with their whole heart, with their hands in the air. It, I, I love seeing it when I'm playing from the keys. Bryant's daughter will come up here and sing. I don't know if he's here today. And it melts my heart because she worships. Look at that. It's so pure and it's so genuine and it's heart to heart. And so I want to leave you with this thought. You know, continue to dedicate your temple to the Lord. You can do it as much or as little as you choose. Rehearse that narrative of the word. Get the word of God in your mouth. He'll fill you up. Let him fill you. Let him accelerate your life. Uh, and just always keep that posture so that he can fill you with the abundance that he has for you. So thank you very much. I want to turn it over to Elda, who's got some awesome stuff for you. Thank you so much. It is such an honor for me to be here with you all. And as uh, Daniel and, and Jared said and gave honor, to our pastors, to our senior pastors, Pastor Jurgen and Leanne, I am grateful too, because, because they were risky and took this step, then it opened the door for others to do the same. And the same with you guys. Thank you. Thank you for your bravery, your courage to just step out and having nothing, having an empty auditorium trusting that God would fill it. Thank you for your, your heart, your leadership, absolutely. And 
One of the, I believe, is the hardest working women in the church, Pastor Summer. She is the head of our creative team for the entire church. She has some fancy um, title I can't remember. But um, I want to thank you just for all the work and how you pour yourself so that others can experience God in a meaningful way. We appreciate it. And um, for Jared, our music director here in East Campus, and Daniel, and Elisa Flores, I don't know where you are, but they have been instrumental, no pun intended, but uh, for like helping me in my own process, in my journey as, as I've been here at Awaken. I am so grateful for your mentorship and just your, your, the way you've freely given to me. So thank you. As I was thinking about the theme of the heart of worship, I had this experience come to mind early in our time. We've been here about almost three years at the church. And early in our time here, before I even auditioned for the worship team, I had an experience during a time of worship like we had earlier. And I felt I was singing, and I felt like God was saying, I want you to, I want you to put me, picture me right in front of you and sing to me. Sing to me. And I have to tell you, it was so powerful. And I, um, it was like we, he wanted me to have a conversation with him as I was singing. And it was not like, like Zoom, like an interaction where the other person has the camera off, you know, and you're just talking and talking, like I feel so bad for our teachers, you know. Um, it was, think of it as FaceTime where you can actually see the, the person on the other side and you have a sense of their body language. And I couldn't tell God's, Jesus' uh, uh, his features necessarily, but it was crazy. I could tell he was smiling. And, and I even held out my hands like this and I had him like that because, and I could feel like his hand there and I'm just like singing of course I'm like um, <laughs> as well and um, what happened is such a reminder of the reality of the kingdom of God that we have this magnificent God creator God that actually wants to do life with us and he wants us to do life with him it's incredible he wants us to have face time with him and live in a constant awareness of his presence. King David really understood this. He said in Psalm 16, verse 8, he said, I have set the Lord continually before me. Because he is at my right hand, I will not be shaken. It's a constant process of putting him in front of us. So I've had the honor of singing professionally for uh, a while now, for many years. And part of my career journey has entailed going to probably uh, 100, like close to 100 auditions, if not more. And um, in auditions, you go in and, and you just kind of smile when you go in because the first six seconds they know yay, yay or nay. And then you stand and you say, I am so-and-so and I'm singing this. And then the panel is there. They might not even look up when you walk in. Uh-huh, okay. 
You sing, you pour your heart out, and then they're like, they might look up, blank stare, down, thank you, and you're done. You walk out. And then there are the very unusual auditions where you walk in and they're like, hi. And you're like, what? <laughs> it like freaks you out. And then you, you introduce yourself, you sing, and they're still smiling. And they're actually looking. And you're like, what's going on? <laughs> you're singing, you're like, your, your mind really, it, it freaks you out. But you get some feedback back from them. And it makes it so much easier to sing. And it makes you, allows you to sing with freedom. And um, I share this because in the experience where I had, um, that I had shared earlier about worship, it wasn't only about placing Jesus in front of me. It was also about him wanting me to see that he was smiling. And he did not have a blank stare. And you see, a lifestyle of worship is one of a heart exchange. And I'm giving my heart to him, but he's also giving his heart to me. And it's a two-way conversation. Now, did you know that scripture says that God sings over us? He's a singer. And uh, this is in Zephaniah chapter 3, verse 7, 17, sorry. He says, he will rejoice over you with singing. And what he is singing over us is the truth about who he is and the truth about who we are in him. And I've had something um, that's been happening for the last, for a long time, but especially it's intensified in the last um, year and a half. I've been seeing 11-11 and 1-11 like every day or several times a day. And we've had, like sometimes it's other numbers too. Um, and like 222 or things like that. So I even, I thought it was just me getting used to, like oh, my body's just used to it now. But then I was leading worship here the other day and I look up to see how much time we had left and, it's, and it was just scrolling by 1-11. I was like, okay, this must mean something. And um, long story short, not too long ago, I randomly opened a book, and the author was talking about how he saw 111 all the time, and that God gave him a verse about it. And it was Mark 111, where Jesus was getting baptized, and a voice came from heaven and said, you are my beloved son, in whom I am well pleased. So I decided that every time I saw that number, I was going to remind myself about how God sees me and put my hand on my heart and say, thank you, Father. I am your beloved daughter in whom you are well pleased. So the last seven years have been a journey for me of recognizing that a lot of what I was receiving in that two-way conversation was actually not coming from God or he was talking to me, and I was rejecting, rejecting it, what he was saying. I was hearing a lot of, you're not good enough. You'd be good enough if, or God can't be trusted, and you have to figure it out on your own. You're all alone. You have to figure this out. And I'm, I've come to a place where I feel like more and more, I, I try like, no, set God in front of me. 
and go, wait, wait, that's a lie. And this is the truth. And the truth is that when God sees me, he sees Jesus. And therefore, I can receive. Elda, you are his beloved daughter in whom he is well pleased. That's why I can say that. Because he says it to Jesus. It's Jesus is in me. And that is his true heart. A lifestyle of worship is one where we're in constant awareness of God. Whether you're at church or like Daniel said, all these places, changing a diaper, putting gas in your car, who knows? He's there. And it's also a lifestyle where you're in constant, in a constant heart exchange with the Father. We give ourselves to him. And then we receive and choose the truth of who he says he is and who he says we are. So perhaps you've been struggling with the FaceTime aspect with God. And I want to encourage you, it's never too late to turn the camera on. And remember that his name is actually Emmanuel, God with us. And maybe, maybe you've had the camera on, but the connection is a little unstable, and it's a little blurry. And every time you hear, you haven't been able to see God smiling over you. Or when, whenever you hear someone say, like I just did, like that he is well pleased with you, you cringe. And you go, that's not for me. They don't know what I've done. If any of those things, when they come, when we sing them, you're like, that line, heaven comes to fight for me? <laughs> really? If you cringe, that's an area where God wants to step in and say, I do fight for you. I want to fight for you. The reality is that God is the one most interested in having a relationship with us and having us be close close to him and so if you are here too and you are like I don't know I just I felt in my spirit before we started the second service that there were people that at some point this week you said I don't know what I need to do I just know I need God and I'm here because I just need him I don't know what that looks like. And I am here to tell you, he is here. And he is saying, my beloved son, my beloved daughter, in whom I am well pleased. God is saying, I am here. I am here for you. And let's, let's close our eyes. Let's bow our heads. If you've never acknowledge God's presence and now you're like I want that I want my life to be with God I want to live in God's life I want to invite you to raise your hand this is your day God is saying I'm right here I'm not going to leave you I see you God bless you God bless you yeah. 
if your heart is burning and you're just wondering why, that's the Holy Spirit. He's stirring your heart. If there's anybody else, you're like, I want to live with him. I want more. I need him in my life. Raise your hand. I see you. Thank you. Let's pray. Let's pray all together. Father, we thank you that you are constantly drawing us to yourself. I give my life to you. I leave behind all the wrong things I've done. And I exchanged them for your life, for Christ's life. And I thank you that from this day on, I will live an abundant life with you. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. If you raise your hand, I want to invite you at the end of the service, there will be people out and about that are right now even holding a Bible and a book. And even if you're rededicating your life, go back there. Get the book. It's good to refresh why we believe what we believe and start again as well. Now, if you're someone that the connection has been a little bit blurry and you might not even know why, I want to say it's okay if you don't know the why. That you're like, there's some blockage here and I can't receive. I'm here, I've done the job of coming, but I can't receive. Don't worry, that's okay. God is an expert in breaking through all those things. He's gonna smash it. And he's going to open the way. It might feel like it's like tiny, but that thing will open up so you can see more of him and who he is and who he says you are. If you've been wondering like, about the conversation you've been in, that narration that Jared was talking about, like, I just can't make this stop. It just, I can't. Come on forward. Come on forward. We're going to have a time of worship. We're going to finish with a song. And watch. Watch God switch that. He's going to switch it. There's freedom for you today. There are miracles here for you today. And God wants you to know you are his beloved. You don't have to live that way. There's abundant life for you. And so as we transition into a time of worship, I want you to come on down and put Jesus right there in front of you and sing to him and sing to him and experience the freedom he has for you today. Thanks for listening. To find out more about our locations, team, and what we do here at Awakened Church, go to awakenedchurch.com.